Good morning, everyone. It is good to be back here in Enid, out of the, from the big city, New York, all kind of crazy traffic, crazy folks. I tell you, we needed all that prayer y'all was praying for us up there, but uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, God is gracious. Uh, he is so merciful to us. Uh, he allowed us to come back and and all is all is well. And so I thank you. Thank you and thank God. So if you have a copy of your word, your sword, pull it out. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10 here this morning. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 through 18 will be our focus. And our topic will be redemption accomplished. Salvation is accomplished. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Here are the words of Scripture here given to us to feed us. Hebrews chapter 11. The writer says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, But when Christ had offered for one time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for the time until his enemies shall be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with you after those days, declares the Lord, I I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering. For sin. This is God's holy word. We are concluding the doctrinal section of Hebrews. Up to this point, we have been saturated with the doctrine of Christ. We have had, in a sense, a lesson in Christology. We we we've seen the the preeminence of Christ in all things from the the, the very first chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter one. We've seen from chapter one all the way up to uh, the point that we are at here in our text, the preeminence of Christ, that he is supreme, that he is he is he is the one who is the very God. And very God, he is the one who is greater than than the angels. He is the one who's greater than Moses. He is greater than Aaron. He is greater than all the priests. He is greater than all the sacrifices that was offered. The the, the author has been Christ centered in all that he has been feeding us here in Scripture. So as as I get ready to go into the text, I want to ask. You, as we go into this new year, is that your focus? Was that your focus 
last year. That Christ is preeminent in all things and all that you do. Is that your focus for this year? Christ, Christ crucified, Christ alone. Is that your focus? Brian Hodges, uh, Brian Hedges observed, he said this. He said, there is nothing more dangerous or tragic than, uh, than the failure. Listen, beloved. Then the failure of professing Christians to keep Christ central in all things. He said, that's dangerous not to keep Christ central, central in your marriage, central in your job, central in the way you raise your family, central in the relationship that you have with your spouse, central in school, central when you go shopping. Central when when you're just doing those mundane things like just the things that really just you, you normally do throughout the day. It's, he says it's dangerous to not keep Christ central in all things. He adds the great end of God in sending Jesus to triumph over death and become the head of the church is that in all things he might have preeminence. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 18. He says, it is crucial that we become radically oriented towards Christ in all things. In everything, your suffering, your struggles, your successes, in all things, the, the because of, of what Christ has done, our lives should be oriented toward him. And, all, and people should recognize that reality. And, and recognize that Christ is your Lord. And he has this, he says, it, it, it is crucial that we see this, that, that, that we recognize this, that, that because of the great sacrifice that, that Christ has the, the, the great work of, of atoning, work of, 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 of atoning for our sins, the great work of Christ and he sacrificed. We're talking about the God, man, the great work that he did, that he came into the world during, uh, the, during the incarnation. He came and he walked, he lived a perfect life. He suffered, having done no wrong, and then he died for you. And, and he... he he submitted himself to, to, to cruel, cruel men for you. How much, if he did that for you, can you not give all that you are for him? This was the Apostle Paul's mindset. Paul said this. He says, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. In Philippians, 3, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul renounced confidence in himself. He renounced confidence in all the things. He renounced confidence in his past accomplishments. He renounced 
uh, a confidence in, in, in the, the very uh, who he was by, by birth. He, he, he renounced confidence in, in all things. And he says this, I count all those things lost for Christ. All things, all things, all things, that all of my successes. I count loss for Christ. For me to live is Christ. I want Christ. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, he ends 2 Peter chapter 3 with this grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To whom be glory. For all eternity. Beloved, what I'm trying to say is that we should strive to be Christ-centered more and more each day. And that's what the writer of Hebrews, he, he's after this. He, he, he is after this reality that Christ be preeminent. And he has given warnings to us. He has warned us that we're to uh, not harden our hearts. You, you hear the gospel. He, he says in chapter 2 that we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. And he says, how shall we escape? Uh, if, if we neglect such a great salvation, how is it that, that if Christ has, has, has done what he has done and for us to, to kind of touch Christ and not cling to him? You know, Christ, yeah, I, I know, yeah, church, I go to church, I, I do all those things. And, 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 and those are the things that are more important to me than Christ. Paul said it was the love of Christ that controls him. Christ consumed him. And, and, and so let, let, us, let us grasp this, this mindset as, as we come into a new year. And, and as we close out this doctrinal section where now the author, he is going to go into the practical application. We'll talk about that. We'll start that next week. But 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 the, the, the author, he, to sum up all that he has said, it's, it's been about Christ. It, it's been about faith in Christ, clinging to Christ, resting wholly on the person of Christ and 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 embracing and trusting in the, the absolute sufficiency of his uh, atoning death on the cross. When Christ said it is finished, it was finished. He, he said he's, he's saying in a sense, trust that redemption has been accomplished. Believe that live like that is true, beloved. And it, it, let's look at a text. He, he continues to 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 now to to make a, a contrast of, of Christ and, and the Old Testament priests. And, and what we see here, this is the we, we can say in chapter 10, this is the gospel. <laughs> 
If you look closely, you'll, you'll see the gospel in chapter 10. He makes the point here in verse 11 that that the priest stands daily that and the whole goal here from verses 11 to 14 is that Christ has has uh, successively accomplished the work of salvation and he has sat down. Look at verse 11. He he contrasts the Old Testament priest and, and Christ. He knows what he, what he does. He says, and and every priest. Stands daily. At his service. You say, we, well, I've heard that before. <laughs> it's important that you grasp that. So that you don't, and for, for, for these believers, they were tempted to turn back to the, the Old Testament sacrificial system. They were, they were tempted to go back to, 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 uh, to trusting and, and priests and, and their work and service. That they were tempted to go back to that. And, and, and the author, he, he's going to paint a picture. He's closing out this argument. He says, notice, he says, and every priest stands daily in his service. The, the, the focus here is on the nature of the priest's work. The, that every priest stands daily. That he stands daily at his service. And, and, and while he's standing, each priest carry out uh, the, the command rituals. The, the, the command rituals that were commanded by God. They, they carry out the, these commanded rituals every day, again and again, over and over. And they, they're standing. They're standing because there's more work to do. They're standing because the work is not over with. There, there are more, more sacrifices that has to be offered. They can't sit down. They offer sacrifices one day. That day ended. They get up and they stand again and they offer more sacrifices. One day ends, another day begins, and the work starts all or starts over again. John Brown said this quote, they had ministered yesterday, but today they must minister again. And again, they must minister tomorrow and the next day, so long as the legal dispensation continues. Every day they begin afresh, as if nothing had yet been done. They work like they work today, like like uh, the, the, they hadn't worked yesterday. That that, that what they had done. And in reality, we know that the sacrifices were not sufficient. And so he, he's saying, this is what it's like to be under the old covenant. The, the priest stands because there, there's always work to be done. So he sets up the old covenant priests. They stand daily. And, and he says, they repeatedly offer the same sacrifices. Notice what he says, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. The, the priest's continuous work of offering the same sacrifices day by day, over and over again. And, and the writer, he, 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 he hits the, the, the nail on the head. He says that these uh, offering of the same sacrifices could not take away sins. One author noted that man's deepest need is in view here. The priests did their service day in and day out 
over and over again, but it could not meet man's greatest need. At, at, at no point, at, at no point did, did uh, a priest in, in his religious work provide what they needed the most. They were doing it every day over and over again. And even though they, they conducted their work according to the word of God, it did not provide for man's greatest need. Some of us live like that, doing the same thing, trying to please God by what we do, not knowing that what you do will not please God. Over and over again, and it, and, 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 and it didn't permanently take away sin. And so this, this, this helps us to understand that rituals, works, this Colossians talks about this. It can't make you right with God. Doing religious things and depending upon that, doing it and saying, okay, now God is pleased with me. I studied, I, I, I had my devotion this morning, now God is pleased with me. I went to church today, now God is pleased with me. I love my spouse the way I was supposed to. Now God is pleased with me. If the priest and however many there was in their work could not take away sins, beloved, nothing you and I can do will 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 do what is necessary to be pleasing to God apart from Jesus, apart from faith in Christ. He says they offer repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. But notice verse 12 in the ESV it starts with a but. This is a glorious but. But when Christ but when Christ had offered the priest, they offered sacrifices over and over again that couldn't take away sin, but Christ. But when Christ, it's a done deal. It, it, this actually happened. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, this is, this is, this is why we, we should rest in Christ, rest in the person and work of Christ, because notice here that there is no repetition needed with his work. You see that? But when Christ offered, this is something done in the past, for all time, a single sacrifice for sin. Christ, his one sacrifice, Address the issue of sin for all time. For for all time, for all time reveals that the the that the the, the perfect the the perfect sufficient sacrifice of Christ 
it's continuously effective. It's effective today. It's effective tomorrow. It'll be effective when we go into eternity. It's effective if my grandma was saved. It was effective for her. It was effective for John Calvin. It was effective for John Owen, Charles Spurgeon, the Apostle Paul. You want to go back further? The Apostle Paul, Stephen. It's continuously effective. And its benefits are unending. We'll all, we all experience the benefits of, of Christ's sacrifice for, for his sacrifice, his one-time sacrifice. The, the benefits of that is unending. And it's, uh, Paul says it's in a sense that, that grace has been poured out upon us. We, in a sense, we stand in grace because of what Christ has done. We, we, more importantly, are justified before God because we've been imputed with his righteousness. And that imputation of, if if you've come to Christ and you trust in Christ and you're saved, that imputation of of Christ's righteousness and and, and, and God taking your sins and putting them on Christ, that's a permanent exchange that goes on forever. And the benefits are forever. The, the, the word single here, he says, for, for all time, a single sacrifice. This contrast, or, or one sacrifice, this contrast to many sacrifices offered by the priest time and time again. Christ, it, it is Christ and, and his life, his perfect life, his perfect life in our place would satisfy God's requirement. For for perfection, Christ, he in our place, he lived a perfect life. Now, and we'll see here in a couple of verses down that now we are perfected. Christ took our sins, and he died. And he satisfied God's just wrath that we deserve. And when, when, as Christ, he, he died uh, uh, as one who is righteous, and God took this, the, the righteousness of Christ and, and, and credited that to our account. Which makes Christ the only solution for the sin problem. If this can't happen. The sin cannot be dealt with in a permanent way apart from Christ and his death on the cross. He offered for for all time one sacrifice for sin, one sacrifice, the efficacy of Christ's sacrifice, one sacrifice. That's all it took from the God man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he sat down. This is we're seeing what how how do do we know that redemption is accomplished because Christ's sacrifice was one. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. Notice what the writer says. 
He said, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Christ, this validates, this, this validates that his, that, that what he has done has been accepted by God because no priest ever sat down. No, that's why this, that's why the author made the point they, they're standing and they're offering the same sacrifices over and over again that couldn't take away sins. But Christ, he offered a single sacrifice for, for your sins, for my sins. One sacrifice, his death on the cross, one sacrifice. And that was sufficient. And now he is seated. He sat down at the right hand of God. It's this, this idea of Christ being seated again goes all the way back to chapter one, verse three. And, 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 and this, 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 the fact that, uh, he sat down, this looks back at Psalm 110 and the writer, he, he finds the, the fulfillment of Psalm 110. He finds the fulfillment in Christ that, that, that it is, it is Christ. Turn, turn to Psalm 110. Here, this is David, Psalm of David. Verse one says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. David said this, and now we see that Christ has Fulfilled this. That this is this is this this is all all about Christ. The 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 he he is seated. He 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 is at the right hand of God in the position of power, and 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 not only position of power but position of judgment. He he is seated. He he is seated and he is ruling. He is reigning as the the cosmic king. He 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 and 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 his. The fact that he is seated, that posture of being seated, it, it helps us to, to, to know that the salvation, that the, that his work of salvation is done. A seated priest is, is an indicator. It is a guarantee of a finished work. If a priest sat down, that means that his work is, is finished and his, his sacrifice has been, been accepted. Christ being seated validates that his sacrifice is true and is final. Christ is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. At the time, the temple was still standing and there were priests that were standing, still offering sacrifices. And, and the author is in a sense saying, what do you want? Do you want an earthly priest who 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 can uh, can't uh, who as a, a great high priest they only can go into the holiest of holies once a year and and if they go in they have to offer sacrifices for themselves at least they die or do you want Christ who is perfect who obeyed perfectly who died for you who is seated at the right hand of God? he's 
seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Which one do you want? Which one will you trust? Christ is seated. No priest has ever had such a validation of his work. No old covenant priest. You can read the Old Testament back and forth. No priest ever had such a validation. And this is in contrast with the priest who stands daily. Jesus sits. Uh, the, the, the priest's work continually. Jesus' work is finished. He, he, he's seated. There is no reason for Jesus to get up until it's time for, until the time ha, has come for uh, that the Father has determined that he come back. There's no reason for him to get up. Because he has, as our great high priest, made full atonement for sin. He don't need to get up and offer another sacrifice. What, what's, what's awaiting those who trust in Jesus Christ is grace and mercy. In Christ, now we have the, the, the privilege of, of going before the boldly, he, uh, the writer of Hebrews said, we can go boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace. In the time of need. The only thing that Christ is waiting on. He's not waiting to offer another sacrifice. What he's waiting on. Is to come back and deal with his enemy. This the only, the only thing that Christ is waiting on. Is for the day when all his enemies are vanquished. He, 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 verse 13. He's waiting for the time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Christ is 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 a is, is awaiting the day when he will come back. It's 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 a it's one day. It is a it is a a day that is determined by the Father. He will come back and he's going to put down all rebellion. He he he's going to come back and he's going to put the hammer down. He's going to put, put down all rebellion and he's going to come back and he's going to conquer. Right now, he, he is, uh, this is an opportunity for salvation for those to come. But if you refuse to come, if you refuse, if you're so stubborn, if you refuse to come to Christ, he's going to come back and he's going to conquer you. If he doesn't conquer your heart now, you will be conquered one day. And the reality is he's going to conquer his enemies and his kingdom will never end. It's never going to end. Don't be his enemy. Pastor Mark made the 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 the, the call to, to come to Christ. I'm making that same call. Don't be Christ's enemy. Don't leave this place today an enemy of Jesus Christ. Because tomorrow is not promised. The next second is not promised. 
If you reject Christ, if you reject his gospel, if you refuse to believe in him and his atoning work, you know, you're going to bow the knee. But you're going to bow the knee to him as your judge. And yes, Pastor Mark, it is. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a holy and angry God. You have no comprehension of what it's going to be like to suffer for all eternity. You have no idea of what that is going to be like. But you do know of what it, what it is like to live in a sense, under the general grace of God. Just to, to, to in a sense, to, to, to receive, to, God is being merciful to you right now. That, that, that is what you know, but you don't know the full wrath of God. But one day you will see. So he's waiting for his enemies. This is again, Psalm 110, verses 5 through 7. Waiting for his enemy, waiting for the time until his enemies be made a footstool. <laughs> Sweatless victory <laughs> that Christ will have when he comes back. Verse 14. We see here there, there's, there's no need for another offering. Christ's offering renders us perfect for all time. Verse 14. This is the permanent result. This is the permanent blessing of Christ's offering. Notice verse 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time. Uh, Phillips, which Phillips says this quote, he said, here is the greatest statement that makes this a great conclusion. Jesus Christ has done upon the cross what no priest of Israel could ever uh, could ever have done and and what no worldly religion can ever achieve today, end quote. This is so beautiful. It says, for Christ, for, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time. His, 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 his work of, Christ's work of making us fit to draw near to God through the removal of sin is complete. It, it's, it's, it's done. And, and, and so the writer says, uh, he has by his offering, he has perfected, perfected, uh, perfected for all time. Talking about believers, talking about those of you who are believers. And maybe you're struggling with your salvation. And maybe you're struggling with sin. <clears throat> And the fact that you're struggling reveals that you're saved. Because if you weren't saved, you don't care about sinning. You don't care. You don't, you don't care. You may, you may care to, because somebody else uh, is, 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 uh, may, may uh, come to know how you live. You may be concerned about that. But if you if you if you are, are not in Christ, you, you don't care. The, the reality is you don't care how you live. 
But but for those of us in Christ, this 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 is so precious. He has perfected for all time. By a single offering, again, point to the effectiveness of Christ's single sacrifice. Perfected here is to, to bring to a complete, a state of completion. This is, this is a, it's in the perfect tense. It's, this, this, uh, this uh, happened in the past and, and it continues today. You know, Richard, Richard Phillips, uh, noting this, talking about this fact of this perfection, he, he, he ensures that we rightly understand what 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 he's what uh, the writer is talking about by being made perfect because it has nothing to do with us. Uh, Richard Phillips says this. He says made perfect occurs uh, for uh, he says it occurs nine times in the book of Hebrews. And up to this point, this this idea of being made perfect has always been uh, been referring to Christ. He 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 uh, and and his priestly work. He 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 was made perfect through obedience. Not that Christ was not perfect, but Christ he has perfectly he has uh, fulfilled all the qualifications of our uh, to be our great high priest perfectly in in, in every way. And, be, and 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 so in a sense, because Christ has been made, he has been a been made a, a perfect savior by coming into the world and living as a man, obeying perfectly, dying a uh, 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 death on a cross, being raised from the dead. All of those things, in a sense, have perfected Christ to be our high priest. And because Christ is our perfected high priest, if we are in him, we have been perfected. Can I say it this way? In his perfection. Because he has been, he has, he, he's right in every way. And because of that, now we are, are, are right and complete in every way. Be, because of him, not because of us. And, and this idea of being made perfect means that we, we've been made right with God forever. <laughs> That's why you can... If you're a believer, you can drop to your knees right now and pray to God and know that you can do that. You can you can you can pray, you can be praying right now to God and 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 have no fear in in praying to God because you have been perfected in Christ. Because it's not based on God hears and answers prayer, not based upon what what I say or what I do, but based upon what Christ has done. That that's the foundation. So you've been made right with God forever. And if God answers your prayer, it's not because of you; it's because of Christ. That, that there is nothing you need to do to by way of of adding merit to your standing before God. There is nothing you need to do. This, this idea of being perfected, it's a settled reality before God. It's a settled reality based upon the fact that he has imputed all of your sins, past, present, and future. He has imputed all of those sins to Christ, and, and, and he has 
taken the righteousness of Christ and he has imputed that to you. It's kind of hard to believe. But it is true. Those who are being perfected are those who are being sanctified. The, the, the author, the author adds, uh, he, he says something like this in, in verse 10, this, this fact of, of being sanctified in verse 10, he says, and, and by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Positionally, we, we uh, and, and permanently and continuously our, our state uh, in, in which we we. Uh, are as believers in the way we live our lives is that we are those who are being sanctified. We can now approach God and, and, and full with full acceptance. And 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 here's the the wonderful thing: the process of being sanctified gives evidence of having been perfected before God through Christ. So if you're being sanctified, if God is 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 doing a work. Of, of sanctification in your life. And, and you notice, and, 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 and you, you notice because of, of, of how you see uh, God working uh, through his word in your life, that, that gives evidence that you have been perfected before God. Why go back to taking sacrifices to the priest? Why go back and depend upon what you do before God. Why go back and depend upon that when you can trust that in Christ, this is true. You say, I don't feel it. Don't matter whether you feel it or not. Does the Bible say it? That's what it says right here. Do you believe it? And this is what Christ's sacrifice has done. By a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I'm about to start running. Oh, do you get that? That's good news, beloved. If you're struggling with your salvation, you say, I don't know whether or not I'm saved. You get this and put it on a, on a note card. Put it on your mirror. See it every day because it's not about you and I. It's about what Christ, faith in Christ, trust in Christ, trust in his work. And so we, we, we have been, we, we, we've been perfected for all time. I used to wonder. With, you know, life in this world as a believer, it's, it's hard. Struggling with sin. Struggling with, you know, just just trying to live the Christian life in this world. And I say, man, if it's hard in the world, how's it going to be when we get to heaven? Is it going to be the same way? I know y'all probably, I, I, I ask that question. You know, get to heaven. I was not a young believer. When I get to heaven, man, I'm like, I'm struggling. Am I going you know, is, is Christ going to die again? No. Because 
the 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 work that Christ has accomplished on the cross, it we right now we don't see it all. We're not experiencing it all. We we we've been perfect, but we haven't experienced it, it all yet. One day, when Christ comes back, we're gonna have new bodies, perfect bodies that won't want to sin. In, that's country. Won't want to sin anymore. <laughs> Those of you who struggle with sin, y'all get that. Verse 15. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. This is, he's speaking to the current audience. Generally, and he is speaking to us in a sense as well. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, and, and here now the Yahathosites again, Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 33 through 34, and he attributes, notice what he does. He attributes again this to the Holy Spirit, that that he, the Holy Spirit, is testifying in scriptures that and 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 and, and what we see is that Christ has has brought about the realization of the promises of the new covenant. The Holy Spirit is testifying to this reality in Scripture, in, in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament here in Hebrews. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. He, he bears witness to this reality, that it is true, that, that we can trust it, that we can believe in it. Verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. We we've we've talked about this. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And this is the work that God does through the Holy Spirit. That that He comes in and there's a there's a change, there's a regeneration, there's there's uh, there's the new birth that takes place in our lives, and 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 the law and and and, and this this desire to please God is, has has been been put put in us. This, this, this desire to please God, to know God, to love God, to love Christ, to know Christ, to trust Christ. That's because God has done a work in us already. I, it says, I will put my laws on their hearts and write it on their minds. Verse 17, then he adds, I will remember, hallelujah, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Christ, one-time sacrifice. His death on the cross has actually atoned for sin. I say that because here it says, God says, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. You get the connection? Christ's sacrifice has actually atoned for sin to the point that God says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Not that God don't know about it. 
But God is not good. God doesn't bring them up because of what Christ has done and because of who you are in Christ. God, God no longer holds your sins against you, beloved. When God forgives, he, he, he removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12 says that he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In Christ, our sins are dealt with. And God, he no longer passes over them to, to, to look back at them anymore. God, God now, he doesn't hold grudges. God now doesn't hold any kind of hostility toward you if, if you are in Christ. Why? Because in Christ, you've been perfected forever. Philip Hughes wrote this. He noted, quote, the gospel transforms from a remembrance of guilt <laughs> to a remembrance of grace. Hallelujah. That's why that song, Amazing Grace, is so sweet because grace is so amazing. It, it is so amazing. It, it, is, it, it is amazing because it is so undeserved. Your sins are remembered no more. And notice verse 18, as I close, where there is forgiveness of deeds, there is no longer any offering for sin. This, this is good news because the sins of, of God's people have been decisively put away in Christ. Because of Christ's sacrificial offering, sin is, is no longer uh, 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 sin is, is no longer dominating, uh, have, uh, have dominion over us in Christ. We can, we can deal with sin. And this leads us into the practical application now. We need to know this in order to, uh, we, we need to know the gospel in order to, to, to live out the gospel. And, and one theologian said it this way, <laughs> talking about sin. He says, Calvary ends all the sacrifices uh, instituted in the Old Testament. Christ one sacrifice ended the institution in the Old Testament people sinned in the Old Testament sacrifice had to be offered because of, of the remaining sin but in Christ we no longer need a sacrificial system sins are dealt with doesn't mean that we, we, we uh, just cruise through the Christian life and 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 live in a way that uh, dishonors Christ. We'll talk more about that. That that's not what it means. 
But we're talking about your position, your state, your standing before God. When God looks at you in Christ, he sees one who has been clothed with Christ. And so I close. And it, this, 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 this is important because many of us, many believers, base their assurance on their performance. But if I don't do my Bible study, I feel wrong. I feel like I, I, I'm, I'm displeasing God. You know, if I work really hard, if I, if we say things like, if I work really hard, if I read my Bible, if I pray, if I do these things, I know God will be pleased with me. But that ain't Christianity. Don't mean that those things are wrong. Those things are right. But when you look at those things as a way of pleasing God, that's that's not Christianity. That's religion. And the work of if you and if if you do the work of religion, religion is, its work is never done. It, it religion uh, religion never provides rest. The, think about the old covenant priests and what they did uh, as uh, every day. No rest. That's that's what religion does. But faith in Christ. <laughs> Faith in Christ, one can have peace and joy in the soul and, 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 a, and a peace and, and a joy and, and such a love for God that, that if one stumbles in, in sin, the, 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 such a, a love for God will, will cause uh, that person to, to turn and to repent and come back to God to confess their sin and come back to God. Beloved, faith in Christ is what saves. Faith alone is sufficient to justify us before a holy God. Depend upon Christ's one sacrifice. Depend, live every day like the Apostle Paul. For me to live is Christ. Keep Christ and what he has done and 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 who you are in him in your mind as you live out your life every day take the scripture and 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 what it says about Christ and what he has done and saturate your mind with these things and when you do, when, when, when you allow this to be central in your thinking and your doctrine, and when you allow it to be central in your heart, it, 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 it'll, it'll grasp hold of your affections. It, it'll lead you to, 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 to worship and to, to, to sing and to, to worship and to praise. But it's only the truth that will do that. I read uh, Sinclair Ferguson uh, listening to uh, an excerpt about a book he has out talking about depression and dealing with uh, sins and, 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 and feeling lonely and different things like that. And he talks about, you know, if, if he says, how do you help someone who is, who is dealing, it feel like God is far away from them. He says, 
Take the Scriptures. Take the Scriptures. He says, and he said, just don't know them. Just, just don't know what they say. Apply it. A- apply it. You feel like you you uh you you're not pleasing to God. Go to the script, put that scripture in your in in your data box. I love you guys. And it will hurt my heart to know that there that that someone will sit under my preaching and not fully understand the gospel. That would that that hurts. Because that's not what I what I want. I know that's not what Pastor Mark wants. I want you to know the gospel. I want you to know Christ. I want you to know the word. I want you to, 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 to be doers of the word. That's what we want. Because that's when you're going to be the happiest. It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle, not going to have challenges physically, spiritually. It doesn't mean that. But when Christ, when your life is built upon Christ, you will, the, the scripture promise, we can overcome the world. We, we can overcome. We, we're more than conquerors in Christ. And that's what I want for this new year for you. Let's pray. Father, we are commanded in scripture to desire the sincere milk of your word. Father, it is your word that will feed us. It is your word that will uh, enable us to, to live in a way that honors Jesus Christ. And that's what we desire. We desire to honor Christ, to glorify him and all that we do to not receive we we don't want to receive glory in anything for ourselves because Christ is so precious he is a wonderful savior who has demonstrated your love for us and so father thank you for Christ thank you for your word that teaches us who we are in Christ and who we are because of what Christ has done. And Father, we would not be that if it was dependent upon us. And so we thank you. We praise you. We worship you because of Christ and who he is and what he has done. And Father, may we live out this this new year that you have allowed us to see. This is January 1st. We have been allowed an opportunity to see another year. I pray that this year that we can that we will come to understand more and more what the Apostle Paul meant when he said for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. May we we come to understand that important truth about how we are to relate to Jesus Christ. 
Thank you, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.